Buenos dias. Zhao Shang Hao. For the rest of you, good morning. I've been waiting all week to do that. <laughs> uh, we are a diverse group, aren't we? Uh, we come from different places, different countries. We look different. We have different color of skin. But through God, we can be made one family. Uh, we've been, uh, the ministers and the elders have been uh, praying all week that we could deliver the budget and the vision statement for 2017 and have you out by 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to take my watch off. <laughs> and we're going to have a prayer that you will forgive us because it's not going to work. Western Heights is a family of believers in Jesus Christ committed to sharing God's love in our communities. Sounds like simple words, doesn't it? Western Heights is a, is a great church. And Don reminded us of just a few of the activities that you have led and participated in in just the last few months. Activities that reflect our love for God to our community and his love for us. Uh, CIA, Helping Hands, Watts, uh, Turkeys for Sherman ISD, Taps, uh, Rosa Hill, the uh, uh, North Texas Youth Connection, just a few of them. And all of these activities that you've participated in show God's love to others. But the greatest expression of God's love that we can share with others is the gift of his saving grace. Telling others what Jesus has done to me and what Jesus has done to you. Mitch spoke a moment ago about some specific tasks or activities that we set for 2017 intended to help us achieve that objective. And those tasks will help us achieve that objective in the short term. But it will not help us achieve that objective in the long term without the commitment of our hearts. And that's what I want to visit with you about for the next few minutes. Where have our hearts been in 2016 with respect to sharing the news of God's grace with others? Do we need to make some changes with our hearts? What would things look like if our hearts were committed to sharing the good news in Sherman, Texas? Do we need to make some changes? The, th the things that I want to share with you this morning, some of you may feel like are critical. They're harsh. I want you to know that my remarks this morning are spoken to me as much as they are you. I get up every morning and I pray to God that he will bless me with an opportunity to share his grace with somebody today. And then I get busy. I live a life full of deadlines that my job says I'm supposed to, and I have good judges, and I see Judge Seaman sitting back here. She's a good judge, but the rest of them, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's my life. 
and I get in a great big hurry, and I miss opportunities, and I pray to God that he'll forgive me, and I try to do better. I need to do better. Missed opportunities don't come back. So to begin with, I want us to look back at 2016 as a church family. In 2016, we had 20 baptisms here at Western Heights. Eleven of those people were baptized. They were members of our family. They were children. They were siblings. They were people related to us. Nine of them, nine of the 20, were people not related to our church family. I want to ask you, are you satisfied with our efforts in 2016 to share our love, to share God's love with our community? Some of you are in the business field, businessmen, businesswomen. How would you look at that? How would you consider it? Is that a success or is that a failure? We've got about 350, more than 350 adults that are members of our church family. How do you think God looks at us? Do you think he's satisfied with our efforts? Before Jesus returned to heaven, the final instruction he gave us is recorded in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Our Father, lost people matter to him. If they matter to him, they ought to matter to us as well. Jesus intended for me and he intended for you to go, teach, and baptize. We need to ask ourselves, how many people have I shared the good news with last month? How many people have you shared the good news with, tried to tell somebody in the last 12 months what Jesus meant to you? Our our hearts committed to sharing God's love with others, the greatest gift. And if not, why aren't they? Maybe we need to make some changes. You know, our problems here at Western Heights, if we have some changes to make, aren't unique. They're problems that are experienced all across churches of Christ. If you look around, You'll see all the statistics tell us that when our young people grow up and they reach 18 years of age, they're leaving. They're not interested anymore. When they did come to church, they say they didn't experience the real thing. You and I talk about a, a death to life experience. Do you remember the story in Ezekiel when Ezekiel looked out and he saw in this big field, a valley full of dry bones, and they came to life. You and I say that regardless of how dry and withered up we are, regardless of how deep in sin we are, 
God can bring us back to life through his word. We teach that. But young people and others outside the church don't know that because they never hear those words from our lips. We talk about the existence of a heaven. We say there's a hell. But people that are around us who are unchurched don't know that because we don't tell them what we believe. We say that we're dead, and we're, but now we're alive. But cheap people outside the walls of this building don't know we believe that because we're not willing to tell them. So we've got to make some changes. Uh, I, I think part of our problem uh, is the culture of our times. Our, our church culture has told us that in order to grow, we have to make people feel comfortable. So we, we focus on some things like you have to have an attractive building and it, it has to be accessible. If you come here, we've got a really good youth program. We will teach your kids. You don't have to lift a finger. What kind of church do you want? How long do you want our services to last? You don't have to come back on Sunday night. You don't have to be a part of a small group fellowship on Sunday night. We want to cater to you because we want you to feel comfortable. Where did that come from this book? The unchurched are watching us. Do we want to share God's news, his grace in Sherman, Texas in 2017? Do we want to see a difference in the number of people who are led to Jesus and are baptized in 2017 here at Western Heights? You know, the, the great thing is God gave us a template for church growth. And it's right here in this book. God's template for church growth doesn't have anything to do with putting wheels on our building and moving it out to some nice site on 1417 that's got a really good traffic count. It doesn't have anything to do with hiring a new pulpit minister who has uh, glossy black hair that gleams when the TV camera's lights are shining on him. Mitch, your job is secure. <laughs> he doesn't even have to change his socks. Black is preferable. <laughs> I'm kidding. It doesn't have anything to do with hiring a new minister and giving him a label, outreach minister. To you is delegated the task of reaching the lost souls in Grayson County. It doesn't have anything to do with changing our worship style so that we have some uh, Hollywood-style, just super great presentation that looks like a show. All these are things that the church world out there says we need to do in order to grow. And they're wrong. In order to reach millennials, in order to reach unchurched people, we're going to have to do some things that are drastic.
some things that are radical. We're going to have to do some things that involve our hearts. We're going to have to do some things that come from this book. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 38, it gives us an example of how the first century church, how their hearts were committed, and it tells us here how their hearts got to be committed. The setting here is 50 days after Passover. Jesus is gone, but before he left, he told his followers that he was going to send the comforter. Now, 50 days has passed, and we're in Jerusalem, and the city is filled with tourists. Peter gets up in front of the crowd, and he begins to speak, and he tells them, he reminds them that they had got a great God, and their God was going to send them the Messiah. And he tells them, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus who you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit pierced to the heart. That means that each of them experienced a painful emotion. The heart is the center of their inner thoughts. It's the center of their conscience. And they experienced a painful emotion there. So on the day of Pentecost, what caused their hearts to be pierced? Peter had just reminded them of how great their God was. That God sent them Jesus made him Lord and Messiah, and they crucified him. The crowd that was listening to the message from Peter, they didn't personally hold the mallet or the hammer and drive the nails through Jesus' hands. They didn't personally drive the nails through his feet. But they knew certain that it was their sins that made it necessary for the nails to go through Jesus' hands for the nail to go through his feet. They knew with certainty that it was their sins that required Jesus to be hung between two thieves. They knew for certainty that it was their sins that made it necessary for Jesus to be uh, hung up on a cross and mocked. They knew it was their sins that made it necessary that every time that Jesus tried to exhale, he had to lift himself up on the nails that were through his feet. They knew that it was their sins that every time Jesus lifted himself up on his feet on the nail, the lacerations that were on his back by reason of the Roman whip were roughed against the cross. Every time they understood as they listened to Peter's message that it was their sins that made the cross necessary. So their hearts were pierced. They came to know who they were, how great God was, and the price that Jesus paid. So the result of their heart being pierced is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. 
Those that accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Pretty good growth. But that's not all. And less than two chapters later, Acts chapter 4, verse 4, we read, But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Now in chapter 2, we're told there were 3,000 men and women, so if you split it in half, that's 1,500. Uh, two chapters over, there's 5,000. What kind of growth is that? Phenomenal. So what caused the growth? They didn't have beautiful church buildings. They didn't have a fancy website. They didn't have TV evangelists. They didn't have some Hollywood-staged worship service. They didn't even have the New Testament in written form. They didn't have 25 passages memorized, so they made sure they had an answer for any uh, question that they weren't prepared for so they could answer it. What did they have? They had pierced hearts. They knew who they were. They knew they were men and women with a one-way ticket to hell. And they knew they had a great God who loved them, that Jesus paid the price on the cross, and he converted that one-way ticket to hell to a one-way ticket to heaven for eternity. And what they did is they shared that message with everybody they knew. And that's what caused the monumental growth that we see experienced in Acts chapter 4. So our question this morning is, is your heart pierced? That's what happens when our hearts are pierced. What we do is we simply share what Jesus has done for me. We go, we teach that Jesus saves. We tell them what the cross means. We tell them who I was before and who I am now. Most of us have been baptized, some of us recently, and some of us a long time ago. I want us to think back. Do you remember what was going through your mind when you were baptized? Do you remember coming face to face with the reality of who you and I were. Do you remember realizing how great God is and how what Jesus did for us? If you don't remember, perhaps we need to spend some time giving it some thought. But everything we've talked about this morning, it starts with our heart being pierced. If our hearts are pierced in 2017, we're not going to be focused on the cosmetics of the building. We're not going to be focused on whether a ministry is performing its job. You and I are going to be focused on praying that God will bless me and he'll bless you with an opportunity to share God's grace. We're going to be focused on Jesus. And others are going to be able to tell that Jesus is at the center of my life because they're going to hear me talk about him. Most of what we've been saying this morning has been addressed to our church family. If you're not a member of our family, if you've not been baptized, if you've not put on the name of Jesus, 
then I want to visit with you just for a second. You know, it's human nature for us to prepare to live. Uh, the guys that, and women that uh, keep the statistics, generate statistics for mortality, they tell us that we should expect to live 70 or 80 years. And so what you and I do for the most of our life is prepare to live for 70 to 80 years. The other day, five people were at the Fort Lauderdale International Airport. Those five people had families, they had jobs, places to go, dreams, they had vacations. But one very twisted, tormented man entered their lives with no warning. And those people are dead. That's how life and death works. My question to, to you, if you haven't been baptized, are you ready to die? Do you know that when you leave this earth, if you were to die tonight, that you would spend eternity with God in heaven? If you don't, the message this morning is to you. And it's the same message that Peter delivered on the day of Pentecost. God made Jesus Lord. Repent and be baptized. Don't walk out of this building without making a commitment, making a reservation for heaven having a realization and a confidence that you know where you're going to spend eternity. The ministers and the elders will be around the auditorium. If there's something we can do, we encourage you to come forward. If you haven't been baptized, let us introduce you to the Savior while we stand and sing.